All right, you ready for the word? Amen. Message today is called Believe You Belong. Look at your neighbor and tell them, do you believe you belong? Tell your other neighbor, you need to believe it. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us here today. Thank you, Jesus, that this word is going to be life-changing. Father, I thank you that our ears are open, our hearts are ready to receive the truths from you, God. Thank you, Lord, that as you gave me this message, Father, that you specifically told me that people are going to be free from bondages in Jesus' name, that our, mind shifts are going, our minds are going to shift, and that we will be forever changed. I thank you and praise you. We all agree and say amen. So believe you belong. Um, Pastor was preaching last week about, um, of course, well, pa we, love, we love our pastor. I preach his right. And I love pastor because he'll preach, but as he's preaching, he'll always drop little nuggets here and there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It'll be on a specific topic, but then he'll stop and he'll say something that's so profound that if you're listening with a spiritual ear, you'll know, ooh, that was a nugget. I'm going to write that down. And so what happened last service during 8 o'clock uh, last week, he was preaching and he went on this little tangent about believe you belong, and it just stuck with me. I'm like, that will preach right there. Because it's not necessarily that we don't know we're supposed to belong in the kingdom of God, in a prosperous life, in health, and in wealth. Come on, hallelujah. But we just don't always believe it. So I just really wanted to really challenge our belief system and, again, uh, uh, break some people free from that negative thinking, the wrong thinking, as we transition from this year into the next, that we need to believe that we belong in the kingdom of God, in church, in the beloved, come on, in prosperity, all that. We, we believe we belong there. We belong there. Believe means to accept something as true, and that's the truth. It's, it's also to hold on to something and to have an opinion of. Um, that's your belief, that you hold on to it, that you know it's true. No one can tell you that you do not belong to God. Amen? Um, it also means, uh, belong means to be the property of, to be rightfully placed in a specific position, and to be fit in a certain place. That's what belong means. So those are my three areas I'm going to be tapping into this morning, that we are the property of something, amen? We've been rightfully placed in a specific position, and we're fit to be in that place. So, so first and foremost, let me just go to this. The enemy would have us thinking opposite of us belonging. Even some of us here are saved, but we still struggle in our minds, in our spirit, in our emotions with belonging. And typically people that don't feel like they belong, it's usually imagined. Can I get an amen? It's usually in their mind. Something in their mind tells them that no one likes them, that they don't fit in, that they don't belong here. But you realize this, Proverbs 23 and 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So that's why I'm trying to get after this thought process, this mindset that you may have that, listen, stop making it that uh, no one, no one, it, 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 how about this? It's in your imagination if you think no one likes you. And why does no one like you everywhere? Okay, typically people that struggle with this mind that I don't belong, it's not just at church, it's at work, and it's in different places, it's in their neighborhood. The neighbors don't even like you. It's, it's everywhere you go, the store person that you just walked in, they don't like you either. Because for some reason, you just don't belong, you don't fit in, and the devil is a lie, amen? That you absolutely belong, and that, stop thinking like that, because if you think it, that's who you become. Um, another thing, people uh, that, that feel like they don't belong um, usually are hard on themselves. They're always hard on themselves, always putting themselves down. They're not good enough. They don't have enough. They don't dress this way. They don't look that. You know, always constantly. Somebody will give them a compliment, and they will immediately discredit it as, oh, no, that's just this or that. And that. Re receive the compliment. Praise the Lord. 
Say amen, I agree, hallelujah, come on. <laughs> you know, but, but people that don't belong, they, they're hard of themselves. Eleanor Roosevelt said this great quote. She said that nobody can make you feel inferior without your consent. All right? That, that's wisdom from man. No one can make you feel like you're small but you. That's why some of us here, you don't care what people think about you. You are just fine. And you don't let people's little attitudes or weird looks even mess up your day. Praise the Lord. You say, oh, hi. Oh, oh, bad day for you. Not for me, though. Hallelujah. I'm good. I'm having a great day. I'm not going to let you get into my mind, right? Um, people also that don't believe they belong, they, they, they think that they're just, they're just not comfortable in their own skin. You know, they, they, just, they, they don't have confidence in their own skin. You know, I, I love preaching to women. I love attacking that issue with, with women issues. We're, we're starting a women's Bible study next in January. It's going to be every last Wednesday is women only. Praise the Lord. I'm saying hallelujah. I'm excited. We're kicking the men out, bringing the women in, okay? So we're excited about that. But it's all about confidence. You've got to be comfortable in who you are. You got to feel good about yourself at all times. Why? Because God created you in his image and in his likeness. And there should be a confidence that comes with that. Do you realize that in Hebrews 10, 35, and 36, the word says that, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. There is a reward attached to your, attached to your confidence. And I'm not talking arrogance. I'm talking confidence. And I'm not talking about how you look either. I'm talking about you believing in the God that you serve and you believing that God has good things for you and that God is going to build you up, not tear you down, that he's allowing the first to be last, that you are above, not beneath. Come on, that type of confidence. And when you have that mindset, there's a reward that God has to fulfill his word. If you're believing it, God has to say, well, my daughter just thinks that she deserves the best, so I'm just going to give her the best. Come on. Hallelujah. So, so it's a confidence. But, but people that we believe that they belong struggle in being comfortable in their own skin. You know, so what that you're different? So you, be glad that God made you an original, that you're not a prototype or a copy. You know, I like the fact that I'm different than everybody else. Praise the Lord. You should, you should like the fact that you're different and you can appreciate other people's differences. Um, people that don't feel like they belong often, um, they, they just really, they, they don't have, they don't let go of their past. That, that's another condition of people that don't think they belong. It's because they're still being held hostage by who they once were. Everyone in us has a story. Can I get an amen? And the funny thing is, most of our stories are similar. Hallelujah. We all got the same story. We all been through the same thing. But guess what? Jesus still loves us. Jesus still wants us. He doesn't care about what you used to do and who you used to be and who you used to do it with. Can I get an amen? But he loves us. Come on. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Come on. All things are passed away. Your past does not define who you are. We know this. We believe this. I want you to for sure believe it. That stop having dreams about who you were and being afraid of running into people from your past life. They will not even recognize you. Because your countenance is so different, and the way you walk is so different, and the way you talk is so different. They won't, even, they won't even know who you are because the power of God is on the inside of you now. And you look different, and you smell different. Can I get an amen? And then my last thing that people I, that I have that people don't belong, they always feel like they don't belong because they feel they're the only ones in the world that are by themselves and struggling and having the issue. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're not the only one. Listen, we have no idea what people walked up in here with today. Can I get an amen? 
But the devil will have it be like, you're the only one that's struggling. You're the only one that can't have Christmas. You're the only one that can't get a tree. You're the only one that can't go shopping. You're the only one that can't go out. Come on, give me a break. We all have struggles. We all have issues. We all have things that we're fighting. Stop victimizing yourself. The Word of God says that we are not victims, but we are more than conquerors, that we are overcomers, that we are not victims. We are victorious in Jesus' name. So that's why the enemy doesn't want us to believe we belong so we can stay in this little puny, victimized, pitiful state. But the devil is a lie. How about this? The enemy is wrong about where you belong. I'll say that again. The enemy is wrong about where you belong. The enemy would say stay low, but listen, I'm telling you, live high. Live a high life. The enemy would say stay small, but I'm saying no, live big. We serve a big God. An amazing God, a great God that wants great things for our life. And even if you're struggling, guess what? That just means you're in a big battle. It means that God is around you even the more. Come on, I believe it's in times of trouble. He comes running towards you. Oh, come on. So if you're going through a hard time, don't feel sorry for yourself. No, God is right there with you. He is in the battle with you. He is around you. He is before you. He is behind you. You are in him. He will not let you fight a battle alone. Hallelujah. So believe you belong, believe you belong. My first point is here, believe this, believe that you are God's property, amen. Remember God's property, stomp. Okay, you are God's property. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says this. It says, Jesus, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. I love teaching on things like this because it amazes me that our God that formed the earth that we're standing on right now chose us before the earth was ever created. If you think about that too long and hard, it will mess your mind up. That basically God created the earth for us, amen, <laughs> to subdue it, right? To have dominion over it, right? And he did it because he already said, I chose them before they were even here. I chose you, that you would be predestined unto adoption. We've all been adopted, praise the Lord, into heavenly places. Now we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ because once we accept Jesus, we now hook up with him, right? And we all know this scripture, Romans 8, 28, and we know all things work together for the good, right? for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. We believe that, we shout on that, right? That all things work together for the good. But here it is in Romans 8, 29, it says, for those who foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Romans 8, 30 says, and those whom he predestined, he also called, and whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he glorified. What an amazing scripture here found in the book of Romans is saying that not only did I chose you or choose you before the foundation of the earth, I already knew that you would be chosen. I predestined you, meaning that no matter what you tried to do to mess it up, you were going to end up doing what I wanted you to do. Amen. You've been predestined. Nothing you could do could ruin the plan of God. Now let me say this. We add things to our life that make it difficult. Can I get an amen? We mess up, how about, we jack up the journey. <laughs> Come on, we, yes we do. It was not God's will for me to get pregnant at 18 and get married to somebody that didn't love Jesus and go through all that I went through and how, that wasn't God's will. God didn't say, well, I'm gonna write this really dramatic, crazy chapter in your life and make you be almost suicidal and in a nut and then you're gonna, no, 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 we chose that. 
We made the wrong decision. We hooked up with the wrong man. Can I get an amen? We hooked up with the wrong chick. Oops, praise the Lord. You know, we messed up, but God has a way to somehow make all things work together for the good. Come on. He makes it all work out. It makes no sense. When you look back 20 years ago, it makes no sense. But God had a way that he took your mess and made it a message. He took your situations and made it a blessing. He took your circumstance and flipped it around. And now you're better for it because you have a testimony. You can tell people about how good God is and how God took you out and took you in and cleaned you up and changed you. God works it out for the good because he said, no matter what you do, you belong to me. You you can go to prison and you will still preach for me. You can be in the crack house, you will still speak my word. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? No matter what you have in your life, God will use you to be a vessel for him. That's why you couldn't get away. You couldn't run away. You couldn't backpedal. God said, oh no, you can go ahead and make a detour all you want, but I'll be waiting for you. And you can turn this way. I'll be waiting for you. And you can go backwards. I'll be waiting for you. And you can go to the left. I'll be waiting for you. Go to the right. Bam, I'm still waiting for you. You will do what I've called you to do in the name of Jesus. Come on and give God praise. Woo! Predestined. Some of you can think back right now. You know you should not be in the house of God right now, but for some reason God had his hand on you, and no matter what you tried to do, you kept on turning back to him, and then you turned back to him, and you said, God, I'll never do it again, but you did it, and God still said, it's okay. Come on back to me. I got a plan for you. I got a purpose for you. I've got a destiny that you will fulfill in the name of Jesus. If anybody knows that's true, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. It's already been decided. Tell your neighbor it's already been decided. This is a word for you with your kids. If you're struggling with your kids right now, not serving God, let me tell you, it's already been decided. They can act crazy if they want to, and they can act like they don't know Jesus if they want to. But mama, I dare you to pray to God and say, God, I know you gave them to me. I know they belong to you. Father, I know there's a destiny inside of them. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I rebuke death in the name of Jesus. My child will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. Father, I thank you that there's purpose in them, destiny in them. It will come to pass. God, I believe it's written to predestined that the reason why you gave me the baby, because he'll be a prophet to the nations. Oh, come on. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. See, when you believe you belong, you can start praying things like that. When you believe you can belong, you say, devil, you are a liar. All my kids will serve God the rest of their life. I see you, Satan, but you are the devil, and you don't have any power, and the, you are rebuked in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus is over all my children, and all five of them will love Jesus, and their husbands won't be crazy in Jesus' name, and my grandkids will be healthy in Jesus' name, and my great-great-grandkids will be healthy in Jesus' See, when you know you belong, you can boldly pray to God. <laughs> Come on. Now, I'm not saying there won't be difficulty, but in the difficulty, you're still predestined. No matter where, I think the Word of God says that you can be in hell and He'll still be right there. <laughs> 
called God. Do you realize that? You could be died in hell and you'll see Jesus, right? And I tried to tell you. First Peter 2 9 says this, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You've been chosen, people of God. We've all been chosen, picked out, preferred, selected by God. We've been chosen. And here's the great part, because sometimes in our Christianity, we can get so big and bold in God, and we feel so confident in Him, and we're just so sure of this high calling that we just will accidentally tell people, yes, when I chose Jesus, when I, when I chose Him that day, ooh, I was in a low place. And when I chose Him, no, 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 no. <laughs> John 15, 16 says this, you did not choose me. But I chose you. In other words, don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't think this was a Pepsi challenge you choose situation. Come on. Uh, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would do what? Go and bear fruit, that your fruit would remain, and that whatever you ask in the Father, in my name, he may give you. Don't ever think you're all big, bad in yourself, that you made a decision one day. Oh, no, the decision was already made, it, sweetheart. God was just waiting for you to catch up. <laughs> and then when he caught up with God, he said, I appointed you so you will bear fruit. You'll have a fruitful life. This is why I get so mad at the enemy when he tries to trick the people into being poor. And I'm not talking money poor. I'm talking about emotionally poor mentally poor, you'll never have enough, that God's not providing. No, 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 no. We're to live a fruitful life. That, you know, we might not have much, but I tell you what, we'll look like we do. Listen, I know how to work a weave four different ways, and you would never know. All I need is a black skirt. Praise the Lord, about four shirts. I got about 20, out come on, 20 outfits. Can I get an amen? Uh, Man, I'll make something happen. You, don't, you won't know that runs in my stocking. Oh, I need some clear nail polish. That stocking will last a month. Come on. <laughs> we have fruit. My kids look good. They might not have much, but it's clean. Come on. It will be clean. Praise the Lord Jesus. Your hair will be washed, and you will have about 45 bobos in your hair. Praise the Lord. Come on. <laughs> You'll have fruit, and whenever you ask, here's the best part, whenever you ask your Father in my name, he will give you. Do you believe that? Church, do we believe that whatever we ask, he'll give us? Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that? My son last week um, found out that he was going to, with his team, get uh, um, um, notified, not notified is the word, but recognized at the Cardinals game and last week at the Vikings game. And I was driving into work because I really want to be a part of that, you know, and it was a sold-out game. It was a good game, too, praise the Lord. And I'm, like, driving. I'm, like, Lord, I, I, want, I want tickets. I want tickets to that game. I really do. And so being that I'm married to the husband I am, I knew I wasn't getting tickets, but I let my request be made known, praise the Lord. And I'm like, I really want tickets. And so I get to the church and I say it out loud. I want to get tickets to this game. I really want to go. And so I promise you, about 40 minutes later, I get a text from a great member of our church that's a season ticket holder that says, hey, I got two tickets for the game Thursday. You want to go? See? This woman has... 
had no idea what was going on in my world, but let me tell you, God sees and hears everything. And God will, if you put it in the atmosphere, God will say, hmm, let me put it on her heart because she ain't going to that game anyway. And she texted me, and the very tickets I wanted on the eighth row, can I get an amen? She blessed me with. So I was able to see my boy. And, 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 and I'm talking about the dumb stuff. You think God, if God cares about the dumb small stuff, believe me. He cares about the good stuff, the big miraculous stuff, the healing stuff, the financial miracle stuff. God cares. But he's just waiting for you to open up your mouth and ask him whatever you ask. The Father in my name, he will give you. I dare some of you to start asking right now. Just ask right now. God, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. You should ask him right now. I should have heard a whole bunch of people. See, okay, now listen, th there's the problem. I said, you should ask right now. People said, uh-huh, no, no, no. God, I thank you for that new house, Father, you know what I need. I thank you, God, for that new job, that promotion. Thank you for removing the demon supervisor off my job. In Jesus' name, God, thank you, Father, that I will have um, uh, lower my mortgage in Jesus. The debt will be paid off. Come on, start asking God for stuff. He can only do it if you ask, but when you believe you belong, you don't mind asking for something as silly as some tickets. Start asking for your marriage to be healed. Start asking God to heal you. Asking, whatever you ask, he will give you. So listen, your royalty, your royalty, no matter what class you come from, no matter what financial background you come from, no matter the financial mistakes your parents made, or even the mismanagement of funds that you have. Because I'm realizing more and more as I'm getting older as a pastor, it's not that we're struggling with money, it's just we mismanage. We, we, just, we just are acting like bad stewards. Amen, right? It's not that God don't have the money, we're just not doing right by it. First of all, by not tithing. I'm, I'm not going to, that's not in my notes at all. So, but you're royalty. No matter what class you come from, we're kings and priests in the heaven of our royalty. We belong to a royal family. Why do you think that little girls like to wear tiaras? And big girls too, amen. If I could wear one and get away with it, I would wear it every day. And I'd wear the big princess dresses. You know those little poofy dresses they wear? I'm like, oh, I could, wish I could just squeeze in that one, you know. <laughs> it, there's a reason we belong to a king. So it's natural for you to feel like you're supposed to have the carriage and the palace and the glass zipper, slippers and the horse. And Come on. We, it's in us. Praise the Lord. But we're royalty. Then it says we're a holy nation. We're set apart from the rest. We're in this world, not of it. Can I get an amen, church? We are different from the world. We might not fit in the world, but we definitely stand out in the world. Can I get an Amen. Okay, we're, we're, holy, we're a holy nation. We are separated from the world. And then it says this, we are his possession. And we need to realize how powerful that means, being a possession. It means that God has a desire to dominate our lives. When you possess something, you know, we, we, we watch things on demon possession, right? That's some freaky stuff, right? Seeing someone, do you realize God wants to possess us the same way? Not make us hurt each other or go crazy or have our heads spin around and throw up green stuff. No, he wants us to be possessed in a good way to where we're always speaking good things and kind things. And we, we understand that life and death is in the power of our tongue and we can speak to a situation and it will change. We can speak to a mountain and it will move. Come on, that, that kind of possession, all right? 
He wants to control. He wants to occupy us. He wants to live in us. And this is the purpose, to, to proclaim his excellency of him. That's the key. He's pulled us out of darkness into his light. There is a reason and a purpose why we need to believe we belong with God and that we belong to him and he belongs to us. So that's my first point. My second point, believe you belong. You have to believe that you are fit in a specified position. Um, this is your specified position, people of God. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Come on, we all know this. But of power, love, and a sound mind. We should all know that scripture, but do we believe that? Do, do we believe that we do not have the spirit of fear? See, the enemy would have it that we believe that we're supposed to live a fearful, weak, hateful, and crazy life. Isn't that how it was before you knew Jesus? It was weak, it was fearful, it was hateful, and it was crazy. Amen? But now that we've gone in, out of darkness into his marvelous light, we need to believe that, listen, we do not have the spirit of fear. Amen? Fear no longer exists in our lives. Amen? We walk by faith, not by sight or not by fear. Amen? Fear, Isaiah 41 and 10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. If you are here struggling with fear, and the Lord showed me this week that there are several here, not who exactly, but just in the realm, there are several here that are struggling with fear. It's not a bad thing. It's we're going to fix it, okay? That's your struggle is fear, fearing for the worst, fearing that something's going to happen to your kids, fearing that you're going to lose your job, fearing, fearing that you're going to have to move, you're going to be homeless, always preparing for the worst. Stop that. It says, fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed. In other words, don't trip out. I am your God, Right? If he is our God, we have to believe by faith. Father, you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor begging for bread. You've never seen us on the corner not having enough, right? That God will always provide. Psalm 34 and 4 says this. It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So if you're struggling with fear, believe me, right now you can be delivered from fear. I'll say that again. You can be delivered from fear. God can deliver your mind and your heart and your emotions from the bondage of fear that's stopping you from stepping out and being all that God's called you to be. You can be delivered from it. Now look, I love the Bible because it covers everything, right? Um, Psalm 56 and 3 and 4, 56, 3 and 4 says this, whenever I am afraid, don't you love the word? Fear not, fear not, fear not. But when I am afraid, isn't that the reality? It says, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Now, this scripture right here, I love because it's some powerful stuff. It's very, it's, very, it's very David. You know, David will say, for God, you are with me. And then the next sentence, oh, but you've left me. You know, David was kind of schizophrenic in the spiritual realm, right? As we all are. But he says this, when I'm afraid, I trust you. And then he says, I'm not going to fear. What can man do to me? Now, that's a bold statement. Can I get an amen? Where you can look people in the face and be like, oh, you can try to sabotage, and you can try to set up all kinds of ambushes, but you are man, and man cannot do it. I serve God. God is my source. God is my supplier. God is my protector. Man can't do anything to me. Come on. God is my avenger. If you try to do something, I guarantee you, he will come get you. You know what's funny? It's not them getting you. It's actually them sowing that, and they reaped it themselves. Okay, praise the Lord. But listen, I will not fear, okay? What can flesh do to me? The next time you get afraid of a person, I dare you to say, wait, wait, what can flesh You are flesh. You've got, you don't even know Jesus. I know Jesus. You can't scare me, right? 
And the word says this. It says that he's given us not the spirit of fear, but a power of love. Of course, we should love everybody, but a power, power. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't we quote that? I can do all things in Christ. That, but do you believe that? Do you believe you really can do all things? That this, this scripture is applying to every aspect of your life. Oh, I got my kids are getting on my nerves. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, man, these bills are overwhelming me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Father, my husband is getting, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. This boss is getting on my nerves and they might get punched. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, traffic is crazy. And did you just take my parking spot? I can do all things. Every area of your life, I can do all things. I've got the power of God living inside of you. You've got the power of God living inside of you. There is an amazing God that actually lives inside of you. And then it says this, Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is the truth, people of God. And please, when they're talking about serpents and scorpions, they're talking about in the spirit. Please don't find a snake or a scorpion and give it a try. Unless you're wearing tennis shoes or gloves or something. Praise the Lord. This is figurative, okay? It's, it's I can trample on serpents, it's spiritual things, and the power of the enemy. Stop giving the enemy credit for situations in your life. I'm going to say that again. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, it's the devil. No, oh, the enemy. No, no, no. I'm not going to give him that much credit. Because I serve a big God, and the enemy is defeated under my feet. And although he may try to rise up every now and again, I can plead the blood of Jesus. See, when you start talking about the blood of Jesus, or how about this, just the name of Jesus, I believe the word of God says that in the name of Jesus, that demons flee. So stop saying, oh, it's the devil and it's the enemy. No, 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 no. You are allowing it by the fruit of your mouth to be welcome in your house. But you need to say, devil, you cannot take up residency here anymore. Get off my finances. Get Get off my engine. Come on. Get out of my house. You have no power. The blood is against you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. God, the, the, the devil will be as big as you make him. I don't know about you, but I make the enemy be very, 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 very small. Now, there are some things that, yeah, you can say that's the enemy, but still, my God is bigger, and my God can defeat it, and my God can blow it up in Jesus' name. We have power. We have power. Tell your neighbor, you have power. And then now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power in us. That's found in Ephesians 3 and 20. To him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask. I love the scripture. But we stop there and we forget the comma. It says according to the power that works in you. In other words, if you use little power, he'll exceed the little power. Which we're glad for that, right? But if you use the big power, he exceeds and does abundantly than you could ever ask or think. I was driving down the street with my boys just this week, and I showed them this little building that I was believing God we would have. It probably seated 100 people. This is many years ago. And I'm like, God, I remember driving around. No, I'm sorry. You couldn't drive. Walking around seven times, believing God that this would be our building. And, oh, God, if we could just serve your people in this house. And, Father, I just, oh, God. And guess what? It didn't come to pass. I was heartbroken. Uh, but, but see, God said, okay, I see your power, but I'm going to go ahead. I, I, I'm going to exceed that. It's almost comical, the things that we believe for. Can I get an amen? Do, do you think about what you wanted so bad? And you're like, oh, God, if you would just give it to me. And it didn't happen. And then you're like, oh, man, that wouldn't have even worked. I remember praying for a house. I had five kids believing God for a three-bedroom. <laughs> 
That's where my faith was. That's where, but, but I didn't know that if I tapped into the power that lives in me and said, God, I'm believing for great things. God says, okay, good. I can work with that because I'm going to exceed what you can think. I, I, I believe right now people are sitting here that you never thought you would be where you are in God today. You never thought you would have a relationship with Jesus Christ today. In fact, some of you used to say when you were younger, I will never be in church. I got better things to do. I'll never spend my time. And here you are serving all day long in the house of God. God exceeds your imagination. Anybody have a house that you thought that was your dream house? And then one day you got some faith and stepped out in power and God exceeded that. And you're like, my God, I can't believe that little bitty thing was my dream house. Look what God has me in right now. He exceeds your imagination. He does bigger than what you can ever think. You wouldn't even hope for it because it wasn't even to hope, but God multiplies. Amen? And then, of course, he gives you a sound mind. Romans 8, 5, and 6 says this, a sound mind. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life. I love teaching on the carnal life and the spiritual life. I think it's important as all believers that we understand there is a tug of war going on, praise the Lord. But we're supposed to live and set our eyes on the spiritual things, amen? 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God by pulling down strongholds, by casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Having a sound mind is this right here. It's not, the, it's not carnal things that we're fighting against, people of God. We have to pull down strongholds in our mind. That's why some of us can believe God for salvation, but you cannot believe God for healing. Because maybe someone you love died of a sickness, and now there's been a stronghold place that God's not a healer. Or maybe you can believe for healing, but you can't believe for finances because you always, you know, you just don't, you don't believe in giving. So it's a stronghold in your mind that, 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 that God can't penetrate that because the enemy has a stronghold in your mind. And so that's a stronghold. But we have to pull down, we, not God, we have to pull down strongholds. And then we have to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself in the knowledge of God, which means this, if God says, I can do it, and you're fighting with that, how about this? God says that you are more than a conqueror, but in your mind, you're thinking, no, I'm always going to be a victim. Okay, now you're exalting your thought above God's thought. You, ha you have to acknowledge his thought above your thought. Okay, his thought is truth. Your fault is not true. Okay, so against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity. We have to bring our thoughts into captivity. I'll say it again, all of us here have to bring our thoughts into captivity. Okay, pastor's been on sabbatical. Eight days, he's been gone. He calls me maybe once a day. I, this is the longest I've ever gone in my whole life without seeing that man, ever. Even when he was in jail, I could go visit him. And, and even when we were separated, come on, we always... Come, I thank you. Thank you, minister. We were mad, but we weren't that mad. Hey. I can get unmad for about 30 minutes, praise the Lord. Amen. This is the longest I've ever gone without seeing him, really not talking to him, giving him a space to really pray and just get away and just spend time with the Lord. But y'all know our past. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I've had to hold a lot of thoughts 
in captivity. Okay, are you going to make me feel silly by myself? Let, let your husband go away to another state for eight days in a hotel with his own car. And let's see how you behave. Oh, I'm so glad I could be honest. I would be a lion wonder if I told you, girl, I'm fine. I got, no, 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 I've had a lot of thoughts captive. And they kind of want to break loose, but they won't, okay? So I'm really trying to keep myself. <laughs> I'm trying to honor the man of God because he's my pastor. Now listen, okay, into, it, okay, it has to be bond to captivity in the obedience of Christ. Now here it is, the obedience of Christ is he's a new creature. He's not that old person. We've been delivered. We're not the same. We are set free. We're not that strange couple. Come on. And look at the blessing. If this was 20 years ago, I would have found a train, a truck. I would have hitchhiked y'all to, what are you doing in Texas actually? Oh, I'm glad y'all love me anyway. See, I'm being real with you because that's my example. You got to hold, again, let your man say, babe, I'm going away for eight days. And just don't call me. You know, I'll call you and I'm just going to get away with the Lord. Yeah, right. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Even some of y'all like eight days. Wait, pastor gone for eight days alone? Mm-hmm. And I don't call him except for Friday. I did call him 10 times. But I was, I've been good. I really try to leave him alone because I know when I call him, I'm going to add, you know, I'm try, I'll add stuff because as women, we talk about issues and problems and the kids and the dog and what, because we can't help it. So even when he calls me, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, honey. The kids are great. Church is good. You know, here, here's the dogs, you know, because I FaceTime, of course. <laughs> Let's not get too crazy. Come on now. Let me see that hotel. Thank you, ladies. Come on. Don't be stupid. <laughs> no, we about to FaceTime. <laughs> but my point is, I've had to hold a lot of thoughts in captivity. Because we're not those people anymore. So the very thing I'm preaching, I'm in the middle of doing right now, and I've got three more days to hold my thoughts in captivity. So y'all gonna pray for me, right? Praise the Lord. Amen. So I remember the mothers back in the day would always say that Jesus is a mind regulator. Anybody picking back the mothers in the day that they would get up and we would, and when you're younger, you don't know what that means. But let me tell you right now, Jesus is a mind regulator. And, and this is what, Jesus will regulate your thoughts. He will bring them into submission. He will rebuke crazy dreams and negative things. If you give your mind to him and say, God, I don't want to think wrong. I don't want to think crazy. I'm going to cast down imaginations that are not even reality. God, I cast them down and I bring them into captivity. Come on. We have the ability to stop imaginations from making us crazy. Can I get an amen? Jesus acts my mind, lets my mind act properly and keeps it in order. Praise God. And I'm thankful for that. And that really is a big, a big deliverance for me because, listen, I will get a ticket. 
So it's amazing how <laughs> I'm not going. It's amazing how God, and this is for couples, married couples, it's amazing how God will be doing something for one, but really doing something for the other. You see? Pastor needs to get a way to get his mind on God and get focused. And I need, to, I need him to be away so I can make sure my mind is on God and stays focused. Right? Amen. So there, I fixed it. Now it sounds all spiritual. All right. Third thing. <laughs> Believe that you belong in a specific environment. Believe you belong in a specific environment. Okay, we got to believe that we belong in an environment of what? Of no condemnation. This is an environment of no condemnation. Listen, none of us here are condemned in Jesus' name. We are not condemned, right? And we're not wasting our time condemning ourselves, feeling that we deserve a punishment or we're going to get some judgment. Aren't you glad about that? That, that we're not going to get punished for what we've done or what we may have did or what we're going to do. There's no punishment attached because Jesus did it all for us. He knew every detail of our lives. Remember you're predestined? Nothing you do shocks him. Isn't that amazing? As parents, we may be shocked by our kids because we thought little Johnny was precious and loved Jesus and was quoting scripture. But then we find out little Johnny was smoking weed in the bathroom. And it's hurtful, isn't it? And it's shocking us because we never would have saw it. Let me see. God sees it. God saw that a long far off. Right? And it's okay. I'm just giving you an example, all right? Johnny's delivered in Jesus' name. Romans 8, 1 says this. <laughs> there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation to them that are in Christ. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are no longer condemned. In fact, if you struggle with putting yourself down and making yourself feel bad and feeling that you want to be punished, stop having a Fifty Shades of Grey relationship with Jesus, okay? He doesn't like to beat on us and hurt us and, and tie us up. Now, that might be the most craziest example I've ever given in my whole pre history of preaching, but it makes sense. It's not an Ike and Tina relationship. You don't have to eat the cake. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. There's no condemnation. And sometimes some of us are we're used to that kind of weird relationship. Any woman going to be honest that you thought if he didn't hit you, he didn't love you? Is there nobody there? Was that just me? <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Praise the Lord. I gave your name out. See? That wasn't you, James. I know it was before you because you wouldn't do that. I know. Amen. They're good. This BC days. BC days. BC. All right. So my point is this. Some of us have that weird mindset that, oh, well, if you don't hit me, that means you don't love It's weird. It's wrong. But Jesus does not teach, treat us like that. And if you're in a relationship like that today, get out. That's not right. It's wrong. Okay? There's no condemnation. When a building is condemned, it means that it is inhabitable. When a natural building is condemned, that means that nobody can live there, that it's dangerous. And in the spiritual realm, when you feel condemned, what you're saying is, Jesus, you can't live here. Now, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit lives in us. If we're condemning ourselves or if we've condemned ourselves, we're basically saying, Jesus, you cannot live in me because I'm dirty, I'm nasty, I'm not fit, I'm unclean. And the enemy would love for you to have that warped relationship because then you won't tap into the greater is he that's in me because you're trying to kick him out. You're trying to evict him from even being in that. And God said, no, I know everything about you. I know about your junk drawer. Praise the Lord. And I still want to live inside of you. There's no condemnation. Amen. There's no, there's no condemnation. Um, and if you're struggling with condemnation, here's a scripture for you. 1 John 3 and 20, it says this. It says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And he knows all things. He knows you didn't want to mess up. 
He knows that you were weak that particular day. He knows that you really tried not to. Can I get an amen? He, he, he knows that you really didn't want to, and before you knew it, it was just, there you are in sin, okay? And let me just explain sin. Some of us, sin is on different levels. It's, sin is very based on an individual, okay? So some of us that are young, in sin, maybe we're single, and we fell, and we fornicated, and that's the sin. And some of us have been living for the Lord a long time, and we know God said fast today. But you said, Lord, Surely you don't want me to fast during Christmas. <laughs> Tis the season, Jesus. It's a Christmas party at work. That'd be rude, Father. Come on. And, <laughs> so that is sin too. Sin just means miss the mark. It just means you missed what God said to do and you didn't do it. Okay? Some people sin because they went back on a drinking binge and, and got high. Okay? That's their sin. Your sin is you, God said to pray for your enemy, and then you saw him at the mall, and you walked right on by. And the whole way you're walking, God's saying, say hello, say hello, say hello. And you said, oh, Father, surely you know my heart. <laughs> Father, you know, you know my thoughts are far off, Lord. You know, that, you know I'm not going to do that, Lord. Okay, so that's my point. So don't make sin a big thing, okay? Everybody has their own individual. Some of, some of sin, some, God told you to stop listening to that music. Told you that. And, and so that's your deal. Didn't tell me that, told you that. Some are certain movies, things on TV. God told you, do not watch Empire this season. Clear as day. Hmm. What's Lucia's gonna do? <laughs> now you know it's bad because I do find myself praying for that family and they don't exist. I gotta be like, wait. <laughs> and I was so happy because I thought Jamal was gonna give it to Alicia. I'm like, he got delivered, praise the Lord. I, listen, I was giving God praise in my living room. Yes, won't he do it? And I was low-key depressed when he went back. I'm like, dang it. Okay, anyways. God told you not to watch Empire, not me. <laughs> okay, but the point is, we all have different levels of sin. So whatever that is, it says here, if, if, it says here, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than our hearts. God is greater than your feelings. And he knows all things. He knew it. He knew it. So, beloved, if, you're, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Condemnation wants you to not be confident in God. Condemnation will not, does not want you to be confident in God. It wants you to not believe you belong in his presence, that you don't belong in relationship, that you don't belong to be with him. It doesn't want you to believe that he predestined you with all of your issues. That's sometimes hard for us to really get our heads wrapped around. But it's the truth. And you know what it does, condemnation? It makes you stop running to God. It, keeps you, it makes you run from him. And I'm telling you right now today, no, he wants you to run to him. Let me let you in on a secret. He knows what you did. He was there. Eek, right? He saw it. And it makes me laugh when people say, oh, but I, I've been in sin. Yeah, he knows. So here's the best time to go ahead and say, God, I'm going to go ahead and run to you because I'm sick of running from you. I'm going to believe that I belong in your presence. I'm going to believe that I belong to boldly go in the throne room of grace.
and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. So listen, people of God, we belong. We're the property of God. We're God's property, amen? We've been rightfully placed in a position of not, of not being fearful, but to be confident, to have power, love, and a sound mind. We've been rightfully to be in that place. And we're also rightfully to be fit. We are fit to be people of God that say, you know what, Lord? I understand that you want me. I'm not going to condemn myself. You belong in me, and I belong to you. And it's a beautiful relationship. You may be here today right now, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I'm telling you, right now is the best time to make the decision that, God, I'm going to give my life to you. It's a good thing. Again, there's no condemnation. Don't think you'll ever get good enough or get ready for God. You'll never get ready for him. The blessing is he wants you just where you are.